Hi, this is Bill Arnold. Missed a show or need me talking to help you sleep tonight? I have several solutions to that situation. Here are the podcasts from the show. You are the best for listening and supporting Faith Radio. Welcome to the Afternoon Show. I'm Bill Arnold. Thank you for joining me today. We're excited about what's happening because it's Wednesday, and you know what Wednesday is. It's back to our series on prayer, which we're having a blast doing. And we've gone to the bullpen, and we've asked our very favorite um, speakers and authors and theologians to join us. And today is no exception. We've got Dr. Randy Newman joining us again. He was with us on the Salvation Series. And Peter, you know uh, it's going to be a great hour. Yeah, it really is. You know, we talked often, Bill, about the idea that that salvation series was sort of this multifaceted diamond. I mean, if the diamond was salvation, we were able to look at it from a lot of different angles. It seems like as this prayer series is going on, it's not just that we even have like one diamond. I mean, we have all sorts of jewels in different directions to go with this prayer. Is such a, right. It's such a huge topic, right? I mean, at the end of the day, there's endless numbers of questions. And, and I think one of the, the main things we've heard from a lot of people is, hmm, you know, I'm not that great at praying. And I think just because it is, it's got a lot of elements to it. And I remembering that uh, Randy gave us that multifaceted diamond reference and salvation, which we have not forgotten. And we talk about it all the time. We do, yeah, for sure. Because we don't have a lot to talk about. But when we do, we do bring that up, don't <laughs> right. we? Well, it, it was just such a helpful sort of picture uh, of looking at something that then David Clark added to by saying that you, you want to avoid having a thin view of something, right? right? Just And it doesn't mean that whatever your view is is wrong. It's not at all. It just means that usually these topics within God's kingdom lend themselves to a much robust, uh, more robust understanding than what, what we otherwise would know. And that's where these guests like Randy today really come in. Yeah, but we're off to a really good start. So we, sure we don't know if we'll bring Randy on. I mean, uh, yeah, that's time really permitting. True. Time permitting. Yeah. I mean, you and I have a lot to say we, this hour. We, we got a lot going, so let's get him on, right? I, I think that's probably fair. <laughs> yeah, Dr. Randy Newman serves with the C.S. Lewis Institute and is one of our very, very favorite guests. Randy, welcome back to the show. It's great to be with you. Thanks. I think he meant that. Peter. I think he did, too. Yeah. That sounded very genuine. That's encouraging. But that's how we've always experienced Randy, as, you know, just the... Authentic. Is this, authentic's the right word. Yeah, exactly. Well, Randy, we, uh, we want to tap into uh, everything you know about prayer. Go. <laughs> Everything. Um, great. Okay. Um, well, uh, you just mentioned something about um, a lot of people feel like they're not very good at prayer. Um, I I think prayer is a lifelong wrestling match. Amen. Mm. And um, I, I don't think, at least the picture I see in Scripture sounds to me like it's probably a, a lifelong wrestling match. I mean, I think... I think even that term wrestling is used in one of Paul's epistles. He talked about someone is wrestling in prayer for you. And I think about um, a couple of parables that Jesus told. And it says he told this so that people would not lose heart in prayer. So it, it, it must be a struggle, uh, the, and that's what we should expect. So um, I think that's helpful for me. If it feels like I'm wrestling, well, that's probably accurate. Mm-hmm. Randy, I'd love for you to talk about the very seriousness of sin and the very seriousness of prayer. You wrote a wonderful piece in the Gospel Coalition, and you said in our in our culture today, we're maybe a little bit more comfortable using the word brokenness. 
Yeah, and and I, I'm not totally opposed to to uh, ever using the term brokenness. I just think it's gotten overused, and it has become the default way of talking about sin. And it's just it's not bad enough uh, to fit the teaching of Scripture about how bad sin is. So the words used in Scripture are words like rebellion, transgression, um, the wages of sin are is death. So brokenness, I think the way a lot of people think of it in, in our world today is that's something that happens to you instead of something that you commit. Um, and so if, if, you, if you just keep using kind of sloppy language after a while, um, the problem of sin doesn't seem all that bad, or, it's, or, it's, or you're not responsible. It's something that happened to you. You're a victim. But the, the teaching of Scripture is that we, we transgress against God. We, we worship other gods instead of God. And, um, and, and so um, if we have a, a, an accurate or full view of how bad sin is, well, I think that drives us to prayer more, I don't know, diligently or focused um, we, 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 we run to God uh, almost in, in um, an extreme need for inter, intercession and uh, connecting with God and receiving pardon and, and power over sin. And Randy, when you think about then running to God in the midst of that, and I, is there the need in the space to pray from time to time and just say, you know what, God, re- reveal what's actually true in my heart, because maybe we would move towards that place of conviction and repentance if, if we allow God to search us. And, and if that's the case, what does our perception of God need to be if we're going to regularly pray and say, please search me and, and discover any wrongdoing in me? Well, um, boy, you're right. This could we, this could be a 27-part series. Um, <laughs> each one is hours each. Well, I mean, um, so I'm thinking, I think of the prayer that Jesus gave us to pray in Matthew 6, what we very often call the Lord's Prayer. And so it starts with a focus on God, and it, and it spends quite a bit of time um, on focusing on God. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. And so prayer starts by getting a proper picture of who God is, and um then it drives us to uh, see who we are, um, and then it drives us for us to be asking God to do work in us to make us more like him. Um, I don't know if I'm answering your question, but, um, um, you know, prayer goes in so many different directions. It goes with praise. It goes with confession. It goes with intercession. Um, it's, it's such a, uh, a full-orbed experience. Yeah, and I think, Randy, kind of what I'm driving at a little bit, too, is that if I'm walking around in a given day, most of the time I'm thinking, you know, I'm not too bad today. I mean, some stuff, you know, it seems to be rolling out pretty well today. But but if I take the time to, to do that sort of search me prayer, uh, it is interesting how often things get revealed that are just really inconsistent with God's kingdom, that there is this sin and, and that you're that you're describing. And it seems like to come aware to my sin so often I need to pray first, even ask for the awareness of it. Yes, yes. Um, I, I think uh, also um, when, when you pray those prayers, um, like the Psalm 139, search me, O God, and, and show me, I, I think I, it's not all bad. Hmm. <laughs> um, I, I think that's part of the, what prayer is. We start seeing what God has already started doing in us, 
and we see the gifts and abilities he's given us and and how beautiful it is that we're made and we're created in the image of God. But at the same time, we see um, our failings, our sins, our rebellion, our how, how, how our hearts are drawn to other gods, thinking they're going to satisfy us. And so it's um, well, it's coming into the light, uh, and and we see ourselves more clearly because we're we're standing before God and asking Him to reveal us to ourselves. Randy, I, I love something you said a little while ago about the seriousness of sin would drive us to a new sense of urgency in prayer to get mm. to God, because it seems like, and of course this is just a, a observation, if we are feeling a little sorry for ourselves or a little bit of a pity party, or if we fall into that I'm just so broken mode, uh, that may not uh, give you that sense of urgency to go to the foot of the cross, to um, ask for forgiveness, to try to be reconciled once again to the to the Father. Well, you know, um, um, if, if the sin problem really isn't all that bad, then we don't necessarily need to go to God to get cleansed of it or to get help and power over it. I mean, if it's just a slip-up or, you know, a lack of energy or lack of diligence, we don't necessarily need God and His Holy Spirit to empower us. We don't necessarily need prayer. We just, we just need an, another app on our <laughs> phone to buzz us and remind us to... Um, uh, you know, to, to try harder and be better and be more disciplined or, or make better to-do lists. Or um, <laughs> um, I'm trying to look, by the way, I, I, you know, you mentioned in the, that I'm, I work for the C.S. Lewis Institute, so I, I feel compelled that I always have to, um, I have to quote C.S. Lewis in every interview. As that you should. I do. As you and, should. And um, <laughs> C.S. Lewis has this really brilliant essay. It's called On Forgiveness. And I'm trying to find a spot, um, if, if you don't mind, if I could read part of it, just a few sentences. Um, he says, um, I find that when I think I'm asking God to forgive me, I am often in reality, unless I watch myself very carefully, asking him to do something quite different. I'm asking him not to forgive me, but to excuse me. Hmm. And then he goes on to say that there, there's a world of difference with, with um if excuse me is is i've got i've got reasons i've got extenuating circumstances as to why i did that you know um and so i i don't really need forgiveness i just need an excuse um and and he you know he outlines the difference between them but um he concludes this section with um if i had the perfect excuse i would not need forgiveness if the whole of my actions needs forgiveness, then there's no excuse for it. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that, you know, sometimes we, we come to God, we, we think we're confessing sin, but we add the word but. So oh, I did this, I did this, but, well, you know, I didn't get enough sleep last night, or I didn't have my second cup of coffee, or, you know, that other person, he provoked me, but, 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 but. And if you keep adding those things, well, then you don't really need a Savior. You just need... You know, just you just need to try harder next time. Mm-hmm. But when we confess sin, what we're saying is there was no excuse for it. It was wrong. It was horrible. It was sin. It was so bad. I need a savior. I I, I don't just need a reminder next time to be better. I I need the Son of God to die on the cross for my sin. That's how bad the sin is. 
And I think there's something really powerful about owning up to how bad it is and therefore how very, very good the solution is, that that transforms us and makes us more drawn to the Savior and less drawn to false gods. Mm-hmm. Take a little break. Dr. Randy Newman is our guest on our Purse series. Peter Kapsner and I will be right back. Crushing it on the jazz today, Ryan is. That's great stuff. That's good right stuff. There. That's really Welcome great back stuff. to the show. Dr. Randy Newman is our guest. We're talking about prayer as we are in our prayer series, Dr. Peter Kapsner and myself. And uh, our guest, uh, Randy Newman, is, I think, about to make a comparison between prayer and jazz. We can hardly wait. I'm so curious. <laughs> well, um, I do a bunch of these radio interviews, and I've never heard such great music in between, so I, I really love it. And um, uh, I really love jazz. I, I was a music major a million years ago and tried to make it in the world of jazz, and it never quite went anywhere for me, I'm mm-hmm. sorry to say. But I'm intrigued about jazz. Uh, I don't know how many of your listeners get this, but what jazz musicians do is they you know, they play a song and they play the melody with the chords underneath, and then um, they'll, they'll keep repeating the song, uh, the chords underneath stay the same, so the, the rhythm section, the piano and uh, drums and bass will play the chords, and they will ad lib um, a, a new melody, an improvised melody above the chords. And so they, they just keep playing the song over and over again, but each time it sounds very, very different because the musicians are improvising. But they have to stay within the, the sequence of the chord. So it's improvising, but it's within a structure. And I think there's a lot in the Christian life that's like that. It's that we're, we're improvising, but within a structure. And so, we're, so in prayer, uh, you know, we're, we're given Jesus' uh, prayer to us that follows our Father who art in heaven, the Lord's Prayer, the sequence. But it can be the, the chords underneath that have us improvising a million different variations of what what comes to mind when we're praying our Father who art in heaven? And what what does it mean that God's name is holy? And when we get to the part of give us this day our daily bread, well, we can think of millions of things that we need. And uh, forgive us our trespasses. Well, let me pause there and stop and reflect on that and reflect about how bad the sin is, like we were talking before. So prayer can be like a jazz musician's improvising within a structure. Is that making any sense to anybody other than me right now? Oh, I'm it's hoping a so. Ton of sense to yeah, me. Yeah, it's a great you know, example. And I think that for a lot of people, the Christian life never gets to a kind of a jazz approach. They just want to play the exact same notes over and over again. Mm. And um, I, 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 I think there's something in Scripture that that shows. I mean, there are very, very um, clear guidelines of what you can't do and what you you know can do. I mean, there are even jazz musicians can play really bad wrong notes sometimes. <laughs> and believe me, I know I, I played a lot of them. Um, 
So there are wrong notes. There are breaking barriers. There are going outside of God's will. But within the framework of God's scripture, of what he's revealed, um, I, I think there's a lot of improvising that we need to do. And if we only think, well, now what's the rules? What's the right way to do it? What's the right? Um, uh, I, I just don't think that that fits the reality of being a person living in a real world. So, Randy, on the issue of the Lord's Prayer that you're talking about, like I think growing up at certain times, I was concerned that I had to get the words exactly right, as if they were almost sort of magic words, right? And I didn't mm-hmm. know if I should say debts or if I should say trespasses and which was going to be the correct way to pray. But what I'm hearing you say is that these words are not in, in and of themselves magic words, but they're teaching us something uh, about the kind of lanes and rivers in which we can run and swim as we're actually interacting with a very real God. Yes, yes. And... You know, um, it's interesting. Um, we have that Lord's Prayer in two places, once in Matthew, once in Luke. And in Matthew, or, well, I may get this mixed up. In one of the places, he said, this is how you should pray. And then in the other place, he said, this is, pray this. So there is a place for praying those exact words as a prayer. But there's also the place of allowing that prayer to be a, uh, a template, Um for our prayers. And so we do repeat prayers that are written in Scripture. We pray one of the Psalms or several of the Psalms, but we also use them like as as springboards. Um, Each line of a Psalm, for example, can lead us to uh, a whole host of other prayers that we're expressing individually with with that as the, the starting point. Randy, sometimes I ask my students in class, what difference would it make uh, if God was actually real? And, and it's kind of a silly question, except that it, it maybe it, it jars my mind and it jars my heart a little bit that when we are in prayer, is there some sort of space to say, hang on a second, God is actually here, God is actually present, even if I can't feel God in certain ways or can't see God. But is that part of just the discipline of prayer, of, of entering into it, uh, more than just, again, kind of a rote responsibility to just even somehow picture or visualize, gosh, God might actually be real here? Yeah, and... Um... And, and he's a personal God uh, that we talk to and that we listen to, and we try to uh, experience how he feels toward us. Um, and we, we think about what he has said in a general uh, way, and then we apply it to our specific situations. So, for example, you know, let's say I'm praying through Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. And I think, okay, how do, how do I need shepherding today? Well, that's going to vary by, de- by the day and the task or whatever. And so I think about, um, well, um, uh, I, I, need to be, I need to send this letter to um, my cousin, and she's going through a really tough time. Uh, Lord, would you shepherd me and show me how I should say things and what I should say? And then I move on to the next phrase, uh, Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Well, what are, what are the things that I'm worried about today that I'm concerned about? And I need to kind of take those things and sort of put them under the banner of I shall not want or I shall lack nothing. And, and, and maybe that leads to confession because it's, well, Lord, I, I, I don't think I've really been trusting you 
as my shepherd, and I'm thinking I've got to provide for myself. So would you cleanse me from the unrighteousness of trying to meet all my needs by myself? So again, I'm trying to use the phrases of Scripture as springboards for my own improvising of prayers. And, And I think when we do that, I mean, uh, it can go for quite a long time. You know, we, <laughs> um, we we don't have to worry about, gee, how am I going to fill the next 15 minutes of prayer? <laughs> Randy, maybe you would offer us some coaching or some comforting words. You know, I remember times, maybe, Peter, you would agree, where you had a, a word exchange with your one of your parents. They, you went, ooh, that didn't go well. Yeah. <laughs> I used some words that I'm kind of regretting, and where did I come up with that tone, Right. Right, for sure. And yet God wants us to bring everything we have to him, right? So do we, when we have harsh words or angry words or tense words, uh, is that stuff we can bring to the table, Randy? Or are we best on our, our always being on our very best behavior with God? <laughs> well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm tempted to crack a joke like, Please do. Boy, you, well, you guys are just really terrible sinners. I, I don't know why I'm talking to you on the phone. I hope this doesn't spread. Well, it's because um, of your but, community um, service obligation. Oh, <laughs> well, glad to help out for the unfortunate ones. Um, well, it seems to me, um, uh, let's, let, I, again, we're going to keep coming back to the Lord's Prayer because it's just so good. So he, so he tells us we should pray, uh, give us our stay, our daily bread. Now, that's that's a pretty small commodity. Mm-hmm. But then right around the same time, he says, pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So um, that's that's pretty big. So it's like the smallest, most mundane daily morsel of bread to the greatest thing that could ever be imagined is the kingdom of God. So it means everything in between also. I mean, that, that's kind of the way the psalmists wrote, and that's kind of the, the uh, Hebraic mindset that Jesus was living in. So, it's, so everything is something to be prayed about. And then the fact that we're, we're coming to God and confessing sin, but we're, we're thinking of him, we're remembering he's our Savior. So... Um, kind of like um, we, we can be as real and as honest about how very, very bad our sin is because we know, we, we know how horrible it is. It needed the cross to be solved, but we also know it has been solved by the cross. So, um, you know, the phrase in the book of Hebrews, I think it's chapter four about um, let us approach the throne of grace. Um, you know, let's not be resistant to come before God with the absolute worst thing we could tell him about ourselves, because he already knows it. Mm -hmm. Um, But but it's not just just a a matter of knowledge. It's uh, I can acknowledge how bad that sin is because I know I'm coming to a forgiving, gracious, saving God. Yeah. Randy, we're up against a hard break here. Let me take a little break. We'll be right back with Dr. Randy Newman. Just a few minutes.
It's the afternoon show with Bill Arno. Drive time, drive time. Let's get it started. Jump in your car. What's for dinner? It's the afternoon show with Bill Arno. It is the afternoons, and we've got Dr. Randy Newman as our guest. Dr. Peter Kapsner and myself are in our prayer series. We love this. We're going to do this for a long time. And our our um, guest, uh, Randy Newman, has written a whole number of books, and he was on the Crew Campus Crusade for more than 30 years doing outreach and evangelism on campuses across the U.S. So he knows how to talk to people about the faith, and uh, we're glad he's with us today talking about prayer. Randy, you got a new project coming out, which we want to at least give our listeners a heads up on. Oh, oh, thanks. Yeah, um, uh, I, I just am finishing up a book on uh, lessons we learned from C.S. Lewis about evangelism, and uh, we're cleverly titling it Mere Evangelism, 10 Insights from C.S. Lewis. About Love it. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I, I just think Lewis did some things, particularly in um, the, the the book, Mere Christianity, but those were radio broadcasts beforehand. Um, there are so many lessons for us to learn about how he addressed people, and and God used those radio broadcasts and then the book. And so it, it's amazing how many ways and how many people have resonated with that book. So um, there are things that he did, particularly for preparing the way for hearing the gospel that we need to um, incorporate in our world today. So um, that book won't be out for a bit, but um, I'm very excited about it. It was a fun project to work on. Well, we'd love to have you back uh, when it uh, the, the day it debuts, and we'll, we'll tell everyone about yeah, it. Sounds you can amazing. talk about it. Yeah, sounds that'd amazing. be great. That'd be fun. Thank you. I All look right. forward to it. Yeah, let's return back to prayer. When we uh, go and address uh, God in prayer, how should we do that? Well, um, you know, one of the things, one, one of the most important lessons I learned about prayer was um, I, I read a great book, uh, Pray With Your Eyes Open by Richard Pratt. I don't know if um, uh, you know that book, but he does a whole lot in there about how the psalmists um, uh, addressed God, and they used a whole lot of different names for God. For So um, you, you might refer to God as the shepherd of Israel when you're praying about God working in the people of the nation of Israel. Or you would talk about Redeemer when you're coming to God and confessing sin. And um, there's all of it. One of the things Pratt says is we all have our favorite name or names, one or two names for God that we always use in prayer. We, we always start our prayer with Lord or <laughs> God or Heavenly Father. And he said, and there's nothing wrong with that except for the fact that when we always use the same name, after a while, we're not even thinking about who we're addressing. And he said, um, for all the thought we give about uh, who we're praying to, we might just as well begin our prayers with, hey, you up there. (laughs) (laughs) And that has really helped me to stop at the beginning of the prayer and just, just spend time thinking about who I'm talking to. So, Lord God, maker of heaven and earth, um, Lord of hosts, um, and, and then to kind of um, expand on that a little bit. So, Lord of hosts, you're the commander-in-chief of all of the heavenly armies. Uh, there's no task that's too difficult for you. You merely spoke words, and everything came into being. And, and when we spend some time at the front end of our prayers 
just recalling to mind and remembering who we're talking to, mm. or to think of the very many, many different names of God, it, it builds confidence to then ask him for um, providing finances so we could pay this month's mortgage, mm-hmm. or um, helping us to complete a task that we've been struggling to finish. Uh, there's something about first getting, uh, spending time thinking really thoroughly and fully, and maybe even poetically, about who we're praying to. It just it just changes instead of the whole prayer being "Gimme, gimme, 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 gimme." Here's my list. Let me just go through this list. There, I, I, I said the list. Now go get it. Uh, which which sometimes is how my prayers sound i'm sure so i i just think that's a very helpful thing of spending time on the front end of remembering who we're talking to randy it seems like it it, it's saying more about our hearts than our words too when we go and approach god with that sort of uh, introduction well yes but but you know um um like james said our, our tongues are like rudders on a ship so yeah, our, our our hearts are oh they're they're terrible they're you know they're 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 in a million different directions. But as we start crafting sentences in prayers, remembering who God is, that gets that 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 changes the direction of our hearts. So um, I think a lot of people they they want to first feel the feelings of I don't know worship or affection before they start praying or talking or singing. And for a lot of us, it has to kind of go the other direction, that the, the, the words start and start pushing us in the right directions. Yeah, Randy, I'm intrigued by using some of these different names or, or, or ideas about God. Did, did you sort of search the scriptures at some point? I mean, it feels, I don't know about you, Bill, but it feels awkward to say anything other than God or Father at the start of the prayer. But now I'm thinking, Gosh, I could start with Lord of Hosts or something along oh, yeah. these lines. I mean, Randy, do you, do you like do you search the scriptures through some of these different I- names for God according to what He's done? Well, um, so Pratt's book was really helpful for me, especially the appendix that has like two hundred different names. You know, so he did the work for me, yeah. <laughs> um, which is what we all want authors to do, so that we don't have to work so hard. Um, <laughs> that was supposed to be funny, but <laughs> okay. So. Um, but but what happens is once you realize that that's what you should look for, then as you're reading the scripture or you're, or you're studying, you start paying more attention. Now, isn't that interesting that in this particular place, um, this person prayed, um, "God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob." Now, why did why did he choose that particular name? Or um, oh, I forget which psalm it is. There's one of the psalms where where the psalmist refers to um, God of Jacob several times. And you think, God of Jacob? Jacob was 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 a, a loser. He was a deceiver. He was a schemer. He was he was he was terrible. Um, and he and he wrestled with God. And it's like, oh, wait a minute. Okay, if that's the image, if that's the name of God for this particular prayer, um, oh, that's that's really helpful for me. Um, especially if I'm confessing sin, if I feel like I've been like Jacob recently. So um, you just start paying closer attention um, and Mm -hmm. seeing the different names in Scripture and asking, well, I just, you know, like, what what difference does it make that at this particular point in this passage, um, the psalmist or the speaker in Scripture chose to call God the sovereign God? 
instead of the merciful God? Um, what, what difference would that make? And, um, and again, it starts shaping and changing your own prayers of choosing names or, or attributes of God or, or choosing to remember things about God that may not always make it uh, into your prayers. Randy, do you have uh, passages in Scripture that you really like when it comes to prayer? I mean, I, I know mm. from the very beginning when I became a believer, I loved verses like, um, you know, take delight in the Lord, he will give you the desires of your heart. Oh, bring it on. <laughs> or, you know, just let your request be known to God and, and you, will, you will have what you ask for. Um, so that that was all like exciting uh, for me when I first became a believer, and then as I studied Scripture more and more, and things got put in context, I realized that you know that you have to take all that Scripture teaches about prayer and mm-hmm. not pull verses out, which I think we all have a tendency of doing early on. Sure, sure, and 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 that's really fine. Um, I think when we're new to the faith, it's just so amazing that we could talk to God at all. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I mean, that was, that was something that actually drew me to the faith when I was uh, an outsider, a non-Christian. A young Jewish um, boy. I, mm-hmm. I, I grew up in a Jewish home, and uh, Jew, praying—well, first of all, it always had to be in Hebrew, and Hebrew was not my first language. <laughs> <laughs> so, and it was, you know, like you, you had to chant it exactly the right way, and you had to use those particular right, sure. words. And so when I first met a group of Christians who prayed to God— in English, making up prayers spontaneously, I thought, really? You could, you could talk to God that way? And, and so when I became a believer, I mean, it's just so great that you could be able to, you know, say anything. I, um, I remember being over this friend's house, and uh, his father, you know, had been a Christian for a very long time, and we were, you know, I was invited over to dinner. And, and his prayer to start, first of all, praying over food was kind of a new thing for me. Mm. Um, but he said something like, um, uh, dear God, thank you so much for this food. It looks really good. Amen. I thought, wait a minute, wait a minute. Where, what prayer book was that in? Um, <laughs> so all that to say is when we're new to the faith, sure, that, that's great. Um, well, we, we are to grow, and it, it's not like we move on from that. It's not like we leave that behind. I think we should always have that kind of wonder and amazement. But if you start if you start studying the prayers in scripture especially here here's a great place to start look at Paul's prayers in his letters um and uh DA Carson wrote a whole book on this uh praying with Paul that's very very good you you start looking at those kind of things and go oh all right it's it's okay to pray about the desire of my of my heart but what would it be also to pray um, that I would live a life worthy of the Lord. That's, uh, you know, a prayer that he pr- that Paul prays for. I think it's the Colossians. And you start looking at those prayers as templates for your prayers, and it just starts deepening your prayer life because you're asking God for so many more things, but so many more um, weighty things, I think. Randy, with uh, Christianity being something that has flowed, obviously, from Judaism, was there something from your Jewish background that you look back on in terms of prayer, and it does kind of help inform your Christian practice today? Ooh. Well, we sure did spend a lot of time in the Psalms, so um, so I really love them. And um, 
I think there's something so beautiful about the Psalms in that uh, they're so much, they're so Godward in their focus, mm. and they spend so much time um, um, recounting things that God has done. And and so I, I think a lot of people are reluctant to to do that because they think, well, well, that's kind of silly. Why am I telling God, reminding Him that you know He parted the Red Sea? Of course, he. I mean, I'm sure He remembers. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, and and but there's something. First of all, it brings glory to God, but it also changes our perspective when we remind ourselves of all of the things that He's done, and it just. Um, it energizes our, not just our prayers, but even even our living out of our faith. We just start seeing things that would almost be considered just sort of ordinary mundane things, but we just start seeing them with a larger canvas in the backdrop. Mm-hmm. And, oh, the, these things are very significant. They're important. And um, God is involved with this very moment of my life, just as intimately as he was when he was parting the Red Sea and leading the people out of slavery. Yeah. We need to take a little break. Dr. Randy Newman is our guest on our prayer series. We'll be right back. So glad to be back with Dr. Randy Newman. He's joined us for our prayer series. Peter Kapschner and myself are loving this time together. Oh, so good. Yeah. So good. I just I keep reflecting back on what Randy just said about the idea that, well, God probably didn't forget that he parted the Red Sea. Yeah. <laughs> and just I mean, some of these obvious things, it's just brilliant though. It's so yeah. helpful. So Randy, I was curious because there's a lot of people that express anxiety about uh, praying uh, publicly, like mm. All of a sudden, now we're, we're gathering in our small group, and and I should be praying, taking my turn, but I'm just a little bit mortified to do it. And I, I sometimes hear um, a series of repeated phrases that I wonder if people go, well, that's a that's something I can say that I've heard before that should work in corporate prayer. And I'm not being critical in the least, but I'm wondering if we are from our heart, authentically, crying out to God in our own unique, special way. Hmm. Well, um, yeah, and I, I think we want to we want to try to be really um, I don't know gentle with Very people gentle. Yeah. who Very. are new to the faith or new to praying out loud. For for some people, it takes a very very long time, and and in fact, maybe there's some people who never ever really get comfortable, and I I, I think that's okay. I think what we want to do is we want to try to help people grow gradually. You know. Um, well, it's amazing how many times in the the scriptures they talk about living the Christian life and they compare it to walking, and um, you know when you when you have a, a baby that's learning how to walk, well you know they 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 fall down a whole bunch and they, you know the the first time they take one step, I mean it's just the greatest thing in the world. We all applaud and it's wonderful, but we eventually want them to grow so that they can walk. So, I think. Um, you know, I, I, I'm really thankful. A lot of the ministry that um, I've been able to have has been with young believers, you know, college campus ministry, and now uh, things I do with the C.S. Lewis Institute. It's a lot of, you know, discipleship of young believers. 
So I, I think what we want to do is first, you know, encourage people and say it's, it's okay if you don't feel comfortable. But then we want to try to figure out ways for them to grow. And so uh, I, I think sometimes we want to encourage people, well, to be paired up with somebody else who can pray. And um, so, you know, the two of you pray and try to, you know, grow in your comfort of praying out loud just with this one prayer partner who may not be that much further along than you or maybe, you know, much further, but just the two of you and you learn to take some steps and then a smaller group and then a, a, a I mean, a bigger group and bigger group. Um, um, there, there, there is some, um, some pressure. I think sometimes people feel to um, repeat phrases and repeat cliches um, uh, that's not all bad. I mean, we, we, we all need help. And uh, I think maybe sometimes a way some people can grow is by praying out loud a prayer that they read and then maybe just add a few phrases of their mm-hmm. own. In other words, we're trying to give people a gradual incremental growth. Um, praying written prayers um, – is is not a bad thing at all. Um, uh, the, the the church has done that for thousands of years, and there's some really great collections of prayers. Um, it, it's this tricky balance, though. You don't want it to be rote. Turn your mind off and just repeat this prayer. Um, but sometimes we need the help of written out prayers, or prayers from the scriptures, or prayer from the Psalms. Um, I, I really um, I, I really try to help young believers use a prayer from Scripture or a psalm as um, I guess I've already been talking about this like a template of prayer. You, you you read a line and then you expand a little bit in your own words, and then you read another line and you expand a little bit in your own words, and it's like it's like praying through a prayer or praying through Scripture. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping that's helpful. Is, no, it, is this along the lines of what you were asking? Helpful. Yeah, it's very helpful because I sometimes think the, for me to reboot my prayer life is to sometimes uh, try to go back to something as very simple as I remember I was uh, uh, led this guy to Christ, and a couple weeks later I said, you know, would you like to pray? And he said, uh, good morning, God. It's me, Kevin. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you. Help me. Amen. And I thought, oh, oh my gosh, what a powerful prayer! Really, that was, that was good. That was Unbelievably good. powerful. Yeah. yeah, it really is. And you know, we as believers can be very eloquent with all kinds of flowery words and expressions that we've heard many, many times over. Um, and I just think I wonder if there's something we can say to encourage everyone to pray those simple prayers because they're they're beautiful. Yeah. Well, you know, maybe this helps. I, I think for a while, I uh, I thought. Um, I, well, I don't know if I actually thought with this image, but but it it, it had this effect. I I thought prayer, le- learning how to pray, was like learning how to ride a bicycle. And at first, you know, you you, you fall and you skin your knee and you you don't know quite how to do it. And it seems really scary, but then eventually, it becomes so automatic that you don't even have to think about it. You just get on the bicycle and you just pedal and it just goes. I don't really think that's the way it works. Um, I think we do grow in our comfort or um, ability or strength or perseverance in prayer, but there's always a sense of 
striving. Uh, that's not that's not the right word. Um, um, I mean, well, uh, Romans eight says we don't know how to pray. <laughs> it's got to be one of the most encouraging verses of all the Bible. <laughs> but we, don't, we don't know how to pray, but the Holy Spirit intercedes for us in groanings too deep for words. Great. Oh, that's good. So so that. Even after I've been a Christian for, I don't know, 40 years or something, there may still be, Lord, I don't know how to pray about that. I don't, I don't know what to say or how to pray. I just know that um, I, I, I'm, I'm concerned about this situation, whatever it is. And I'm not, I'm not going to fill it in because I wanted to keep it kind of blank. But whatever it is, Lord, I, I know that you're in charge. I know that you're sovereign. You're, you're powerful enough to work in this situation I, I don't know how to pray. I'm just praying about this person or this situation or this need or this concern. Um, and and I, I just think prayer is this thing that is, it grows and it grows and it grows. I think it grows for all eternity. I think we're going to be learning and developing in our praise and prayer life in heaven. I mean, there's certainly a lot in Revelation about us praising God and singing. It seems to me that we would be growing in our awareness and wonder of the God that we're talking to. And Randy, you as the C.S. Lewis person, it sounds like you've been referencing a little bit of his picture of Narnia in the last battle, where there's this idea of ever up and ever in. When we get to heaven, it's not that it's a fixed endpoint, but that this whole journey with the inexhaustible God will continue. Yes. And I, I love... Um, uh, well, I, I love the fact that Lewis always wanted to write a book about prayer, and he tried several times and felt like it just wasn't going anywhere. It just wasn't capturing the, the majesty of it. And toward the end of his life is when he wrote that book, um, Letters to Malcolm, chiefly on prayer. But you almost get the idea in that book, he still feels like, I'm just scratching the surface. I'm just beginning to try to... Uh, just find words to um, express all the things I want to express to the God that I love. I love that comment out of Romans, Randy, too, where, you know, the Holy Spirit kind of goes to bat for us. Um, It's a really comforting thought because there's enough times you feel a little overwhelmed and you come to God uh, a little desperate and to think that the Holy Spirit's going to bat for you, it's kind of nice. Mm-hmm. Oh man, it's freeing. Yes, because 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 you can really get frozen and stuck with. Uh, okay, I can't pray until I figure out what I should pray. Okay, let's see. Okay, okay um, the, the person's sick. I I want you to heal them, but but um, how? Uh, like, are you going to use medical means, or is, uh, like I I, I I'm just going to give up. I'm going to get I'm going to get stuck. Where it's instead, again. Um, think about the image uh, in the Psalms, as the deer pants for water, mm. so my soul pants for you. So, so you come to the Lord, and Lord, um, this situation that I'm in, the, the, the only way this can possibly go in a good direction is if you do something absolutely miraculous. So I'm crying out to you. I don't, I don't know what words to use, but I know that the Holy Spirit who's living in me is groaning and crying out. So... Um, um, uh, use these groans um, in the way you want to. And and then sometimes in the midst of that, we get a, a leading and a guidance from the Lord. Oh, here's how I should pray. Um, I, I, I think uh, in, in Colossians 4, um, Paul says uh, to, to persevere in prayer, 
being watchful and thankful. And a lot of people have kind of kicked around that idea about being watchful. Well, Well, some of it is after we pray, we start watching to see how God answers. But I think there's even a watchfulness while we're praying of, um, Lord, are you showing me how to pray? Are you guiding me? Are you bringing things into my mind? Oh, by the way, this is this is this is important. I'm glad to remember this. Um, a, a lot of people get really frustrated that they, their mind wanders so much in prayer. Mm-hmm. And I've been able to uh, help a bunch of people by saying, no, no. Well, if your mind wanders, like go there and use it as a prompter to pray. I mean, so if you if you if you were praying about you know, this person, and then somebody else came to mind, well, pray for them. And then that reminds you of, you know, you have to go to this place. Well, you pray about that. That's and that, the, and that the, the wanderings of your mind might not really be wanderings. Maybe that's really prompting from the Lord that he wants you to pray about those situations or those people. That's jazz praying, isn't it? I like it. Yeah, there <laughs> yeah. we go. Yeah. That's right. It's, it's jazz praying. Yeah. Randy, thanks so much for doing the show. Oh, uh, I appreciate you being on the Salvation and Prayer series. Our next series coming up is Jewish People That Like C.S. Lewis. So hopefully you'll <laughs> join us for that. <laughs> uh, thanks a lot. That You're wrap, very welcome. That wraps up our show with Dr. Randy Newman. I hope you have a wonderful night as you are preparing to be with your family and friends on the big Thanksgiving Day tomorrow. I'm so grateful. My heart is so full. Thank you so much for uh, supporting Faith Radio and listening to the show and, frankly, caring about us. It just means the world. Very grateful for you. God bless, and I love you. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.